What's up, man? Uh, not much. Just uh, playing a little mighty final fight and uh, wishing that I could talk about it with somebody other than just you for a change. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's kind of insulting. It, well, it was intended <clears throat> to be. So. Well, everybody, everybody, all the listeners are like, oh, thank God. <laughs> right. <clears throat> yeah. Now, it could be maybe because of you, maybe because of me, but surely. Uh, They'll be happy to have a third voice on tonight. And who do we have with us? We got Matt. I uh, forgot to ask him how he pronounces his last name. Houston? Yeah. Perhaps? Okay. Exactly right. yeah. <laughs> well, th- thanks for joining us, Matt. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, Matt is, uh, he's coming on because he's, uh, he's a developer of, a, of an NES game, like an actual NES game. Like, you know, so. That'd be, <laughs> All actual NES games. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know. Fitting for the show, I would think. Uh, but so tonight on the Two Dudes and NS podcast, we're going to talk about Mighty Final Fight. We're also going to talk about From Below, which is Matt's game. Um, but let's start, Matt. Let's start with your game. Uh, can you give us like give us like an elevator pitch? What make make it make somebody out there that's never heard of it want to play it? You know. Um, okay, I'll do my best. It's basically I try to avoid the T word because uh, there's some. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's basically Tetris. it's like a it's like a Russian uh, block style game. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it started as kind of a Tetris clone, and over time evolved into something a little bit more than that, where it's got the basics of Tetris behind it, but on top of that, some new mechanics that kind of throw a twist into things. Um, and then on top of that, it's kind of meant to be. I kind of pitch it as the best feeling version of Tetris on the NES. So it's got a whole bunch of modern mechanics from more modern versions of the game, but uh, I don't think any of it's been done on the NES before, at least not that I've seen. So yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of a pitch. It's pretty basic, but if you're into that kind of game, I think it's the best version. That's kind of what I'm aiming for. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's it's it. definitely, uh, it's definitely prettier than uh, the, the <laughs> yeah, Tetris pretty- that, that comes on the system or it comes the original Tetris. For sure. Yeah. It looks good for sure. I can't take credit for that part. A guy named, uh, uh, I don't even know how to say his name. I'll try. Um, Haller, Haller Zoltan. Sounds like a He-Man. Like, yeah. Sounds like a bad guy. (laughs) He did all the art for me. He did an amazing job. Yeah. He did a good job. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something like it's Tetris, but with fighting. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i've never had to do an elevator pitch for it before yeah. so. well you do kind of fight like a Loch Ness monster type thing in there right kraken, yeah the, the kraken of course i'm sorry it, it's you know it you, it, you, what's kraken actually oh i like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a cheap joke like that kind of gets old pretty quick so uh no not not on this show it doesn't yeah. you, you're, oh no you're, we love you yeah. Uh, and you'll you'll figure it out pretty soon. Yeah, I did not know Kraken, the name the name of this uh, creature in the water, because 
Jess and I like to do the best we can to, you know, ruin any nerd cred that we could possibly have for doing an NES show by constantly accidentally bashing Star Wars and Star Trek and, and uh, Lord of the Rings. You know, we just go against all the stuff that most people like. Yeah, constantly talking about sports. We do constantly talk about sports. <laughs> the people Weird. probably hate the show, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, if it wasn't for our parents, we'd have nobody listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, so speaking of sports, Game 7 of the NLCS is going on right now. Yeah, as we uh, yep. we're, we're nearing the end of the game. I don't even know what that means. NLCS? Yeah, National yeah. League Championship Series, is that what it stands for? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's baseball. Are you are you where where are you hailing from? Canada? Yeah. Are you up in Canada? I I thought I picked up a little accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vancouver, West Coast. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So we don't even have a baseball team. Mm. That's right. I guess you don't, do you? But I grew up I'll, in Toronto, so we had Blue Jays at least. Always well, you my, know that's that's funny because uh, the Blue Jays. Uh, one of their farm teams was in Knoxville, where oh. close to where we grew up. So that's cool. Where it was the Tennessee, or what was it? I think it was the Knoxville Blue Jays for a long time. Yeah, I think it now was. they're affiliated with the Cubs, but they're they used to be affiliated with the Blue Jays. Yeah, small world, right? Now you guys got me talking about sports. Here we go. Let's <laughs> talk about baseball <laughs> for another half hour. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, that's okay. I always did find it just not to keep talking. I want to get back to your game in just a second, Matt. But I always did find it fascinating how uh, Canada and the and the U.S. in a lot of like the sports, they're just you know, there's we'll just pick up a couple Canadian teams and bring them down. You know, I mean, hockey it totally makes sense, but baseball, you know, it's, it's kind of and uh, I guess basketball's got basketball, them too. Right? Yeah, well, basketball only has one team. In Canada now, they used to have two. Was used to be one in in Vancouver. Yeah, Grizzlies. Yeah. Grizzlies, but now they're the um, Memphis Grizzlies, where there's no grizzly bears, <laughs> thousands of miles. I mean, I think that's probably true for Vancouver too. But yeah, I. It's got to be at least closer to a grizzly bear than Memphis. <laughs> okay, I'll concede that. <laughs> uh, so wait, back to. Uh, Back to from below. So, what in, what inspired you to do, make an NES game? What's your background? You know, um, like my NES background, or like well, I, I can maybe uh, talk both. both Just how old are you guys? I'm always trying to figure it out. Listen to you. Or when uh, were you born? What year? Eighty-five. Eighty-four. Yeah. Okay, so I'm eighty-two. So similar, probably like grew up. You're eighty-two years old. <laughs> you yeah. don't look it. Yeah. You don't look a day so over long. thirty-five. <laughs> Uh, no, I was born in 1982, so probably similar to you guys. Like any, maybe you guys are a little too young for it. I don't know because I was kind of on the end of it. But when I was in like I don't know what grade, but younger, um, like NES was everything, right? It was like all we talked about in school and TV shows, cereal, like everything, right? So I kind of grew up in the the heyday of that. So um, that's kind of where it started for me. I've always loved the NES and kind of. Yeah, been into it for a long time. And then in the uh, late 90s, I guess, like near the end of high school, I started getting into collecting. Um, 
So I started collecting NES games when they were pretty cheap, five bucks a pop kind of thing, just driving around to um, pawn shops and stuff with my buddy. Uh, and then, so like I hadn't, up, up to this point, I hadn't like thought about like making video games or anything like that. And I ended up um, after high school going to uh, this school called Full Sail University, which sounds like a sailing school, but it's a, like a new media school. They do film, video games. It's kind of common now, I guess. To I've, have... heard, I've, I've heard of Full Sail. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, at the time it was kind of a, um, a rare thing, but nowadays there's so many game programs and stuff like that. But anyway, I went to school there to... I wanted to learn how to design video games because I'd never programmed or anything. But uh, when I was there, it was actually like full on programming. I didn't really realize what I was getting into. But um, yeah, I got like a really good um, background in coding and kind of learned to love it. I learned like that's really how to kind of get what I want in terms of creative vision, like rather than telling someone the design of your game and hoping they build it right. You can right. kind of build it yourself. Um, so anyway, so after that, I, uh, I ended up moving to at that time that was in Florida, actually. So I went to school in Florida, came back to Toronto where I was living at the time. Couldn't find any work there. Um, cause at the time there was like no game industry in uh, Toronto. So I ended up moving to Vancouver where there's like EA and a whole bunch of, whole bunch of studios at the time there or here so i ended up working at ea for a while uh radical entertainment i don't know if you know them uh techland did um dying light there and then most recently moved to uh started at the coalition making uh gears of war you guys yeah awesome yeah cool yeah so anyway that's kind of like my day job life story but sprinkled in there obviously like pretty into retro gaming and all that stuff. So I've always had this dream to make an NES game. So I guess about a year ago, I picked up a book, like how to make games for the NES off yeah. Amazon and <laughs> kind of worked my way through it. Um, and didn't really, nothing much came of it. It was, it was a great book, but like, I don't know. It just wasn't clicking for me for whatever reason. And then uh, a couple months ago, I came across this online tutorial um, for making games for the NES and kind of just was able to breeze through that because of having read that book already. It was almost like a refresher and things kind of clicked a bit more. Um, and so this game from below was initially just my um, kind of taking what I was learning and applying it to something. It was just meant to be a quick little demo or something like that to apply what I'd learned. But as things kind of progressed, it got a, a pretty good response. Um, especially with the art, like you guys mentioned, and the yeah. music is pretty awesome too, which is done by another guy, Tui, I think is how you say his name, T-U-I, French guy. Um, but anyway, so it had a pretty good response, so I ended up kind of just putting more and more time into it and kind of got to the point after about two months where I, I thought I was done and it was like a decent game, I, I could release it. And then the uh, the kind of classic Tetris community got a kind of founded and mm -hmm. they started like feeding me all this feedback that was like stuff I had no idea about like end game right. like Tetris end game is a thing I, I don't even know about it so <laughs> yeah you hit a certain point where you don't want it to just kind of loop forever you have to make it get harder and harder right um, 
and basically hit a point where it's kind of a race against time almost. I don't know how to put it. Like, it's not how long can I play this game for? It's like, oh, I know that I'm going to hit a kill screen. So how do I get the most points before I hit that? So I incorporated some of that kind of stuff into it. Um, like all these kind of advanced things, wall kicks, um, lock delay. Uh, I don't know if this, yeah, this is like hardcore Tetris stuff. Even to me, I still don't totally understand. Delays between spawning of pieces. Uh, so anyway, they kind of introduced me to this high level play that took it from like, I thought a pretty good feeling game at the low level. And they were just like, it's trash. Once you hit like level 19 or whatever, it's, it was just garbage for them. So they, they told me all this stuff. And now there's this kind of upper bound um, gameplay which is there. I can't even play it, but they play it. <laughs> and so, that's awesome. um, so yeah, it's kind of where it's at today. And then, uh, and then the last month or so, actually the last couple months, I guess I've been working on a physical release for the game. So sourcing shells and cartridge, like electronic boards and manuals and box art, the manuals done by a guy named Jason Payne. He did the box art and stuff. Um, so anyway, I'm just sourcing all the pieces. I'm pretty much done. Just waiting for the boxes to come in, and then I'll be uh, selling probably 50 to 100 copies uh, online around uh, early to late November. So November, how people traditionally say that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's awesome. I mean, I know, I know our listeners. Okay, so there's a lot of a lot to take in there. So I know there's yeah. a few things our yeah. listeners are going to want to know. One is you started collecting. What's the size of your collection and like what's your like prize right. possession and stuff? So like at, at its peak, it was around 350, 350, yeah. 350 NES games. And a couple of years ago, I downsized and basically I took the approach of I'm only keeping stuff that I'm actually going to play. So yeah. nothing that I'm keeping just for collector value, nothing like... Yeah, I had like puss in boots and like all this garbage that I'm just like, I'm never going to play. So I just, like I said, at the end of like uh, late 90s, I was just driving around, just grabbing everything I saw. So I just had stacks and stacks of games I never cared about. So yeah, now I'm just looking up. It's like, I think it's about 100 games, maybe a little over. Um, it's grown a lot lately because I've been buying all these homebrew games. But uh, yeah, probably about 100. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's say 100. Cool. I don't know if I have a prized possession, though. Yeah, I don't know. Are there any games that you have, like, uh, I don't know, like a super nostalgia for that you are never going to be able to get rid of because of, you you were a child and, like, well, Yeah, that's funny because... It was given like, to you by your great-great-grandfather, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't have any of my original stuff. I can still remember selling it. I sold it all to buy a Super Nintendo. And then uh, a lot this, of people fell into that hole. I think I had this killer super Nintendo collection, like every like square RPG, like every big game. And I traded it to my buddy for a PS one. And I was like, the dumbest thing <laughs> I've ever done in my life, <laughs> but slowly got all the games back. But yeah, so I got nothing original, but it's funny because like the games that I really remember playing Contra is one of them. Because I didn't own a Nintendo for an NES for a long time, so we'd rent it back when you rented stuff, um, and we'd just rent Contra every single time, me and my brother. And uh, I actually don't own it still. You <laughs> <So laughs> need to get that one. Yeah, it just slipped through the cracks. And then another one that I have super fond memories of is Mario Two, 
and that one as well, I didn't own until like a couple months ago. I was like, okay, I gotta like, it's a little embarrassing when you play this Mario, a Mario game. So yeah, that's um, funny. Yeah, those are some of my favorites. Um, I, I, I was, I've kind of in the same boat size wise and i've been sizing mine down as i've been playing the show basically so if i play it once i play it i just go ahead and get rid of it so oh yeah it's kind of like yeah i mean other than the couple that i've that i'm definitely going to keep forever because of nostalgia reasons nah i'm pretty much i've been sizing mine down as we do the show so yeah. i still have this like probably daydream or false dream that like i'll one day turn my attic into a game room and then I'll be so glad I kept these games and all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these imaginary friends I have come over and <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I, yeah, I can, every time I have that dream, I can also have picture like my wife walking in, just, like, stepping on all of my dreams and hopes. You know? Like yeah. we're not going to have a game room. Sorry. I'm in a, I'm in a walk-in closet right now. Like that's my, um, yeah. Fortress of solitude now. <laughs> Yeah, you know, one of the best episodes of the show, Yes, Dear, uh, was when he got that, he got like a storage unit and put all of his stuff in it. And he was saying he was just storing it there, but then he made it into like a hangout area. And <laughs> yeah. just like went to the storage unit and hung out all the time. Yeah. I watched those like YouTube videos of guys like living in like, yeah, storage units and stuff. I think <laughs> yeah. that's the way to go. That might be the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta go get. Uh, I gotta go get something out of the storage unit. I'll be back in like <laughs> four hours. Yeah, uh, yeah Man's gonna help me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so the, the how's it? How did the um, your experience with all those other developers? Does it did it translate to making this game, or was it just kind of like, oh wow, this is way easier like, or something? You know what I mean? Prior to like making NES games, yeah, making you making other games, you, you right. making like games for new consoles, and you decide to go back and try to make an NES game. How does that? Uh... Uh, I think it definitely helps for sure. Like the programming side of it um, wasn't too difficult. I'm also I make my games. I don't know how like technical you guys are on kind of programming and stuff, but like a lot of NES games are written in assembly, which is kind of like almost the lowest level programming you can get like it's it's almost unreadable to to someone who's not kind of intimately familiar with programming whereas um the games i'm writing are in c which is i'm sure you've heard of yeah. C programming yeah. it's it's basically human readable even if you're not a programmer like you won't understand every little thing but it uses like if this else this like yeah um so anyway, so the game, this game is written in C, so it's um, the programming side of it, it's fairly simple. The complexity comes from the interactions with the hardware, because um, yeah, like in a modern game, if you want to like draw something on screen, you just say like draw this texture at this position, and you're done. Whereas on the NES, for example, that you have a 64, I think, sprites, and that's all you'll ever have. And there's, I'm like, I'm sure you guys have seen Sprite Flicker and stuff, and you know about like, there's all these rules about how many you can have on a scan. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show, I think. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Final Fight knows all about that. Um, so it's like dealing with that stuff, figuring out like how to just compile the game because you're not like, it's not like Unreal Engine or Unity or something where you just click a button. Like you have to write scripts and read yeah. through all the and just configuring it to say 
like here's how I want to use the memory, and this is the hardware configuration because NES games are basically a little computer on a in the cart, right? They mm -hmm. they add additional functionality um, on top of the NES itself, which is why the games like look infinitely better a few years after the release of the NES because they're adding capabilities, way more memory stuff like that. So you have to kind of think about all that. On top, so you're almost like a hardware programmer on top of like a software programmer. Um, so that's kind of that was the challenging part. But like the homebrew guys have just done, like I don't know, like stand, I'm just standing on the shoulder of giants yeah. for sure. They've just been like working away at this for 20 years, basically, to the point where I can come in and almost write it as if I was writing a modern day game. Yeah. It's it's amazing what they've done, and uh, and just in the last few years. I mean, there's the I can't remember the guy's name. He was going to come on the show, and he may have eventually, but he made the NES Creator. It's like an app basically that you can make your oh, own NES game. Yeah, NES Maker. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I mean, the 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 idea that you can do that now is just it's just wild. Yeah, and we had totally. uh, we had Brad Smith. I don't know if you're if you're familiar. Yeah, that's him. how I found the podcast actually. Yeah, yeah, we had him on. He he was talking about some of the stuff. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys, right? Who's been doing this for yeah, he's been doing it forever. When it was like they're just figuring out how to get anything on the screen, kind of deal. Whereas now it's like I think most of the tough problems have been solved, and yeah, it's more just a a fun platform to work on. Yeah, it's awesome. I yeah. we appreciate it. I mean, eventually we're going to run out of games here in about thirty years. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to have something to talk about yeah. on the show. So right. We'll start the homebrew, the homebrew season, and now like what, two thousand forty-eight? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, at this rate, it may maybe twenty sixty. I don't know. We've been a little slow on our releases lately. Yeah. All right. So, uh, a physical release is definitely something that our listeners would be interested in. So, how how can they get more information on that? Um, I think the best way is probably find me on Twitter, um, Matt Houston. At Matt Houston, I guess. Okay. Um, I'll probably put something on my website, matthewson.com slash from below. Um, you can also find the game on itch. I should have mentioned this. It's free. You can play the game for free right now. Uh, you download the bomb on itch, itch, itch.io. And uh, so like the, my thought right now is because it's my first game, I'm really nervous about like getting pre-orders or something like that. And then, like just not knowing what I'm doing and like just totally screwing it up. And I have, I don't know, X number of people waiting for a game that I don't know how to put together. So right. I'm putting everything together first so that when I put them on sale, I have them in my hand and I can say like, okay, once this guy pays me money, I can put it in a box and ship it out. It's you know, yeah. You know, exactly. You've got it. It's, it's yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. So, and because of that, I don't want to like make too many because then, what if nobody wants it and I'm stuck with a thousand copies of this Tetris game? And <laughs> so, um, so I'm just making 50 copies right now. I think I'm going to like do it in a way that I say, like I'm making 50 right now. And if things sell well, I'll make another 50, but that'll be the end of it. So yeah. probably max there'll be a hundred copies. So just based on how things sell, I think it'll probably sell out pretty quickly. So I created a, a mailing list on, uh, you can find it on my Twitter or whatever, but um, just and I'm just going to shoot out a, uh, an email before it comes out so that people who are super interested in it can hopefully get a copy. And then I think I'm just going to put it on eBay and 
do it like um, 50 copies on eBay with a buy it now price and um, then I'll yeah. ship stuff's handled and I don't have to do credit cards or anything like that. Yeah, and you can track, you can just track it through eBay. That's, that's smart. That works. Yeah, so, I think that's fun. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll, we'll share your Twitter, but spell your, spell your name for everybody because they may, right. may not totally know. M A T T H U G H S O N. And I think the easier way might be just to search for From Below on Google. Like okay. if you search From Below NES, you'll probably yeah. find There you go. All right. So everybody go check that out. And we will take a quick commercial break and then we'll come back. We'll start talking about Mighty Final Fight. And we're back. Uh, so. Again, go check out From Below NES. Search that on Google. Or if you're like me and you're paranoid of Google, you can search it on like DuckDuckGo or something. I'm sure that'll work just fine. <laughs> so um, search on what? Yeah, you know, DuckDuckGo. Is that, a, is that a real search engine? I don't even know. Yes. Oh. Am I, surely I'm not the only one that's paranoid of the Google gods. Well, I mean, I'm paranoid of them, but I've just succumbed to it. You know? Well, DuckDuckGo. Everybody, it's it's good. It's it's a good search engine, and it's private. So, it's private. Huh? They don't they don't share your data. I feel like you spent more time promoting DuckDuckGo than my game there. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I did just yeah. right there. <laughs> All right. All right. DuckDuckGo, you can go ahead and send us that payment now, please. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> All right. Although I don't know how they'd afford it since they don't sell your private data. That's DuckDuckGo.com. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna. I, I pulled up DuckDuckGo. I'm gonna type in from below. Google took me right to. Okay. Okay. And DuckDuckGo did as well. All right. See, there you go. Uh, Just don't Bing. Just don't use Bing, right? Nobody wants to use Bing. Yeah, I mean that's that's the worst. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Mighty Final Fight. Justin, do you have any uh, tidbits or trivia? I do, in the form of a quiz game. Oh, yes. I was hoping it would be in the form of a quiz game. I didn't warn Matt because I didn't know if you were going to do it. But uh, typically, Matt, if if we have a guest on, Justin will sometimes give us a quiz game version of uh, the game's history. So I'm ready. You're ready? You're All gonna right. Probably stall me. We'll see. So we got Matt and Mike, two two very simple. You buzz in with your with your with your name. One syllable names are the easiest names. Um, and then you can buzz in at any time uh, if you think that you know the answer to the question. Even before I've read the answer choices, you can buzz in, or you can wait and hear all the answer choices. It'll be five questions. First to three wins. Here we go. All right. So Mighty Final Fight was essentially a recreation of the original Final Fight in a cartoonish-like manner. Yoshiko Okamoto, who is the creator of Final Fight, cites what game as an inspiration to him? Is it A, Battletoads, B, Mike? Mike? I'm going to go Double Dragon. Final answer? Yeah. That's incorrect. Oh, okay. 
So a battle to so Matt uses yeah, here's the I'm choice. I'm gonna let it ride out. Let's hear the battle toads. B double dragon two. C kung fu. D street fighter. Is this for mighty final fight or for the original final fight? So this is for the original final fight. Uh, I'm gonna say street fighter. Okay, we open it back up because Street Fighter is incorrect. Okay, Mike again. Okay, Mike. I'm going to say Double Dragon 2. It is Double Dragon 2. Ah, see, I should have won. That's so obvious, though. It seemed <laughs> obvious, but then I, I feel like you would have answered Double Dragon 2 had I not just gotten it wrong with Double Dragon. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All it's right. part of my plan. So, when they were creating this game... Final fight, that is. They were initially marketing it at trade shows as a sequel to what Capcom game? Was it A, Street Fighter, B, Commando, C, Strider, or D, G.I. Joe, that, that, Matt? What was the second one you said? Commando. Commando, yeah. You're going to go with Commando? Uh, Yeah, yeah. That's incorrect. Hmm. Let's see. I guess. Uh, can you read the answers one more time? So it's A Street Fighter, B Commando, C Strider, D GI Joe, the Attacks Factor. I mean, sometimes the simplest answer is the right answer. Right? It just seems like maybe Street Fighter should be. It should be Street Fighter. It was Street Fighter. So it was actually Final Fight was initial. It was a fish. Was initially. Marketed as Street Fighter 89 at trade shows, but um, they thought the game was too different uh, from the initial Street Fighter, so they created its own game with Final Fight and moved on to a different um, game for for Street Fighter 2. All right, Mike, you're up two to nothing. Let's go to question three. What 80s movie? helped inspire the development. Was it A, Roadhouse, B, Streets of Fire, C, The Last Dragon, or D, Red Dawn? Mm. Mike. Mike? I'm going to say C. The Last Dragon? Yep. Incorrect. Uh, Can I hear the options again? So it's A, Roadhouse, B, Streets of Fire, or D, Red Dawn? I haven't seen any of those movies, except I think maybe Red Dawn. It doesn't seem related. Let's go with A. Roadhouse is also incorrect. I guess Mike, Streets of Fire. It is Streets of Fire. I've never heard of that movie. It's a movie made in 1984 that was actually an action musical. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one of the heroes of the film, Tom Cody, was actually took the one of the main characters of the name uh, in the game. Okay, Cody. I was really so, hoping to be Roadhouse, though. I know, but really, Roadhouse is such a good movie. It's a good movie. All right, pain don't hurt. All right, so now we're playing for charity here, as Mike's won the game, but we'll keep going. Setsuo Yamamoto 
has composed for many games and the game, many famous games in the industry. And he um, composed for Mighty Final Fight. What would be one of the names he sometimes goes by for alias? Is it A, Mr. Y, B, Tink, C, Purple, D, S, Y? Mike. Mike. A. Mr. Y is incorrect. Mm. He sometimes goes by Mr. X as one of his aliases. Uh, that's what's Mr. throwing Y. me off. Yeah, okay. All right. So, Matt, you got Tink, Purple, or S-Y? S-Y. S-Y is also incorrect. So, Mike, tink, tink or Purple? We'll go Tink. It's not Tink. It's Purple. Purple. Okay. <laughs> now, Matt, if you if you notice here, the theme of this is that we really a lot of these questions are just nonsense, but <laughs> that makes it more fun. <laughs> All right, last question, Mike Hagar, the buff wrestling mayor in the game, was also featured in what Capcom game? Is it a oh, Mike? What? I'm going to say Saturday Night Slam Masters. Wow. Knocking it out of the park. Got it. That was, that was correct, right? Sorry, not Slam Masters. Yep. Yeah, he's been in several games. Um, Street Fighter 2. He's been in multiple uh, little... He was in Street uh, Fighter 2? I think it was Street Fighter 2. He's in multiple Street Fighters, actually. Um, not necessarily as a playable character. Oh, okay. All right. As, um, like in the background. Cameos. But uh, yeah, Saturday Night Slam Masters. Look at that. It was a fun game. I, I recall that. So it's a little side story about Saturday Night Slam Masters. I remember getting the video game magazines all the time when I was a kid um, or whatever age we were when that game came out. And it, it always had ads in the in the magazines like the Game Pro or whatever. And I always I was dying to play it. And I wanted to play it so bad. But Pick a Flick never had it to rent and nobody ever had it to rent. So I just never got to play it until I was much, much older. And so a uh, little sad story about Saturday Night Slam Masters. Did it live up to the hype? Uh, no. I mean, uh, it's a fun game, but after all those years of wanting, desiring to play it, it, uh, it kind of faltered a, a little bit. But it seemed like it was going to be so good. Well, now that we got that story out of the way, you got a good story of how you uh, came across <laughs> this game? Such enthusiasm about my story. Man. Appreciate that. <laughs> now that you're shutting up about that one, to, you know. Tell yeah. <laughs> well, let's see. My quest to find the cart. Uh, let's see. I um, let's see. Let me remember how I got this one. I, uh, I, I don't have it. I'm sorry. I don't have a good story. I wasted all my efforts on the telling you that Saturday Night Slam Master Stories. I, I don't have this game. It's uh, the reason why I don't have it. We'll find out later on in the episode when we get, when we get to the uh, pricing of the game. But yeah, I just, I never had this game. I actually never even knew it existed to be honest uh, until somewhat recently in the last year or two, I realized it was a thing, <laughs> which really bodes well for us as a podcast about the <laughs> NES that, one of the hosts didn't even know this game existed until a couple years ago, but um, well, I'm, I'm hoping maybe Matt has a good story about how he got the game, if he's got it. Uh, no. 
I do have it, but uh, actually, so like at the start of the podcast, I was talking about how me and my buddy used to go around looking for games, and that same friend gave it to me, which is weird because he was kind of notoriously a bit of a jerk. (laughs) 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 But uh, yeah, I and I'm trying. I was trying to remember why he gave it to me, but yeah, he just gave it to me one day, and now I think it's worth quite a bit. So sucks. Yeah. He's been asking for it back for years. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I so hope it's not one that you got rid of and trying to get, you know, lighten your load. No, no, I kept that one for just such a moment because I hadn't played it at all until uh, for this podcast. Nice. And sitting there waiting. So I feel honored. Yeah. Just, let's talk about playing this game. Yeah, let's do. I like to start talking about playing the games by talking about the manual. All right. So that works for you guys. So the manual is uh, it's typical Capcom fashion. It's got the nice uh, picture, box art picture on it, you know, and all that jazz. Uh, but oh, I know what everybody really wants to know. They want to know the story of this game. Because that's the be- usually the best part of the manual, so I'm going to go with that. Well, what about the uh, special message from Capcom? Which we don't have a message from Captain Commando, which always disappoints me. Yeah, we have a Capcom cool. game that doesn't have a Captain Commando message. Yeah, that's why I skipped it, because it's worthless if it's not from Captain Commando. But they toot their own horn here a little bit. Features colorful, state-of-the-art, high-resolution graphics. Yeah, that's a Capcom thing. They used to put that on their box art, too. Like it. Like high resolution, uh, it obviously didn't mean the same thing back then as it does now, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, their games do are usually some of the better games, but yeah, I mean, graphically, I mean, you yeah. don't have to just rub it in everybody's faces, right? <laughs> All right, well, I'm gonna talk about the story then. Metro City. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know the story of of, uh, Final Fight, but I wouldn't read it anyways. Metro City, the crime capital of the world, has been overwhelmed by crime and violence. At the center of the problem lies the Mad Gear Gang, a merciless band of punks and thugs that controls the city. But the leader of the gang wants more than just the city. He has fallen in love with the mayor's daughter, and he's going to do whatever it takes to have her. That's a... I love too how like Hagar's the mayor of the crime capital of the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are you doing, Mike? Yeah, that, that's not something you usually brag about in the reelection yeah. campaign. Right. <laughs> but I also I, like how they chose, you know, there's always like, you know, when there's a kidnapping of like a mayor's daughter or something, there's some, you know, ransom or, you know, some kind of, you know, illicit. But this guy's just, he's in love with this girl. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of makes you feel bad for him. It does. Yeah. It really does. And at the I beginning like to of think... the game, he's like looking out the window and then that, like that cutscene is like, yeah. just in love with this girl. Are we the bad guys? <laughs> oh, good point. Maybe we are the bad guys in this game. We're, we're trying to destroy the Romeo and Juliet relationship that's happening. It's the here. same story. It's the Romeo and Juliet story. Like Hagar, he just doesn't like this guy. He doesn't like this cat. So he doesn't want him to get married? Uh-huh. Yeah. I see uh-huh. that. So I like to think, you know, you, Hagar is the mayor of the crime capital of the world. I like to think that it 
that was his election that he that was his campaign he was running on. It's like I am the mayor who is also a wrestler, <laughs> and I will be tough on crime. I'm in fact I will get out there. I'll take my shirt off and I will go out there and I'll wrestle these guys. And yeah. so that's why that's why he's the mayor because he got elected on that on that position. He you know? inherited this problem, right? This is this was a problem he created. It was the last mayor that yeah. left him this problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Hagar's daughter Jessica is missing, and the leader of the Mad Gear Gang has got her. He has plans to marry Jessica and take control of the whole city, but one man stands in the way. Hagar is a fighting is in a fighting mood, and he's ready to crack some skulls. <laughs> Joining him to rescue are Guy and Jessica's boyfriend, Cody. Together, nothing is going to stop them from getting her back and restoring peace to Metro City. All right, here's another thing I, got a, I thought was kind of funny on the cutscene at the beginning of the game is when... Is it... Ha- you're saying Hagar, but I'm saying Hagar, like Sammy Hagar. Oh, yeah, probably, it, might, it might be Hagar, yeah. I, I'm good with Hagar. But... Uh, He's like when he finds out she's you know Jessica's missing. He's like the first thing he does is he screams at Cody. Cody, what did you do? <laughs> I mean, typical father-in-law, right? I guess, yeah. <laughs> and what's guy? Anyway. Where's guy coming from? What's his uh, role in this? That, that's one I've never been able to figure out. Right. He's just like Cody's friend, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's a descendant of ninjas, though. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't say that he's a ninja, just says he's a descendant of ninjas. Right. Yeah. Aren't we all? <laughs> all right. So, uh, well, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned it, the story behind these characters, right? Uh, we know Mag, Mike Hagar is the mayor, former wrestler. Okay. Cody, uh, he is, he's, a, he's been trained in martial arts since he was nine years old. And now at age 22, he's mastered the art of karate. I don't know if you knew that. It takes approximately, you know, 11 years or whatever. I feel like starting at nine doesn't seem very impressive either. I feel like no, it's it kind of impressive. I'm like, I see like four-year-olds doing karate. <laughs> yeah. You're nothing, Cody. And and also, I mean, what do you consider mastered? Like a black belt? Because I remember Crab Man, he got his black belt at like 14. So, yeah. This Cody's he's kind of weak. Yeah. Also, my least favorite character in the game. I'll just go ahead and throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine uh, is pretty weak. Yeah, Guy, on the other hand, is pretty cool. He's like my favorite character. Uh, and he is the a student of Master, not even going to try to pronounce Jin Ryusei, maybe. <laughs> there we go. I said I wasn't going to do it, but I did. He studies the art of ninjutsu, and he possesses lightning speed and agility. With the skills of a ninja, Guy can catch most of his opponents off guard. He's good friends with both Cody and Hagar. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's, there's where he comes from. Yeah, he's just their friend. He's their friends. Yeah, what a friend. So th- that's a weird situation to me. So, like, Hagar is the father of Jessica. Cody is the boyfriend of Jessica. Guy is somehow friends with both Hagar and Cody. But that's not- just... Yeah. yeah. But not Jessica? I mean, you'd think you'd want to bring that up. Maybe he wants to rescue Jessica because he's also her friend. But no, he's just... Yeah. self and a friend. Yeah, well, Guy just seems like... He just seems like a good guy, you know? Yeah. I'm not your buddy, Guy. <laughs> so which, which, which character was your, was your favorites? 
Well, I think Guy was the, as far as just from my novice um, and and short term playing this game, like seemed to be the quickest with the combos. Yeah, I, I tend to like him the best. Yeah, I went with uh, Hagar. It's hard not to want to play as Hagar because he's so he's so cool. Well, and like I don't know if you guys know, like, did you guys look at the leveling system at all? I yeah, I mean, I I experienced the leveling system, but I didn't I didn't look into like all the details of it. Because he starts at like level three or four. Yeah, seems I don't know why. Like I I guess that's kind of cool. Like he's older, he's got the experience, and then like the the leveling point system, he seems just way better at it. His like basic attack levels you up way quicker. The other guys, you got to do like crazy stuff to try and level up. Yeah. But, Maybe we'll talk about that in gameplay. But anyway, that's what I picked. Okay. Well, so um, I guess did did any, either of you guys play this when you were kids? I I, I obviously didn't because I didn't even know it existed. I didn't. But... Yeah. No, I had no idea it existed. Yeah. Okay. Well, but I so... I remember Final Fight like in the arcades. Yes, I do too. Yeah. It was uh, quite memorable, but this not so much. No. Now, Justin, refresh my memory. I, the final fight, I think it was either at the Walmart or the Food City that had final fight. I don't remember that, actually. I don't. Uh, okay. Maybe or maybe it was the co-op. Did the co-op ever have arcade games? Did the co-op have? But yeah, the co-op. <laughs> the listeners need to know. <laughs> uh, anyways, I just I just need to know where, where I played this game. I think it was, I'm going to say Food City. It was brief, but it was there. But I always liked it. I always liked to play as Guy. I feel like in the arcade game, didn't Guy have tennis shoes on with his red ninja gi? Always found that to be fascinating. I'm not sure, but I hope he does. Yeah, he's like wore tennis shoes with his with his ninja outfit. I think that's also a move that Jason the Red Ranger did. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Power Ranger show. You're, you're probably right. So just just throwing that out there. We got some bad news. Right. Oh no. Please don't tell me. Yeah. The Dodgers won. Oh, good grief. So <laughs> good anyway, grief, Charlie Brown. All right. Up. Yeah, I gotta think about something else. But uh, no, he did not have tennis shoes on in the original game. But he does eventually have tennis shoes on in later games. What's funny is, so they were, you know, with this, they were developing Final Fight, the arcade game. They were truly, like, trying to make these guys like Ken and, and Ryu from uh, Street Fighter. Because that's what it was going to be, a Street Fighter um, sequel, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I, and, you know, I think the, these guys kind of kind of resemble them, you know? Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Especially Guy. I mean, he's basically, he's basically is a Ryor again. Yeah, right. Anyway. Uh, something interesting, uh, not since we're talking about the arcade and whatnot. So the Super Nintendo got a, got a port of the game, of the arcade game. Did not have Guy in it. But the NES game does. Yeah, and I think there was like a Blockbuster special edition where they added him in. 
Yeah, there was a. I think there was a Final Fight guy, right? Or <laughs> aptly named. Yeah, I think it was called Final Fight Guy, and you could play as Guy. But he was he was not in the Super Nintendo game for whatever reason. Interesting. But yeah, but he's in this game. All right. So I think the we'll talk about the gameplay a little bit here, but I think one of the biggest things that stands out about this game is the the look, like the cartoonish look at like how they transformed the original arcade game, looking to more aptly fit NES style sprites and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I think that's probably to me that was what stood out the most, and I. The cutesy sprites in the game, um, I, I personally, I just I think they're awesome. I love them. I think it's so it's so neat the way they did that. Yeah, for I mean, sure. It's a, it's a design choice, I suppose. You know, I, I don't know that they could have done anything else. I mean, I don't know if they could have made. They obviously can't make a giant sprite like it, that's in the arcade. So I really don't know what their options were, but I feel like whatever, the, however they landed on this was. Pretty much the best that they could have done. Yeah, I think definitely. And, uh, you know, it looks like something that I can't put my finger on exactly. But um, I, I think it's, you know, they it's a, it's a pretty sweet way they've kind of come across it. Yeah, to me, it almost looks like uh, River City Ransom style, but more detailed. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It, this game takes a lot of uh, cues from River City Ransom, really. Um, it's got kind of, you know, it's got kind of like an experience upgrade system. So, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's more than just a, it's more than just your straight up double dragon beat em up. up. It's got a little bit more nuance to it, uh, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. It's like. Uh... There's and I like how you know each each uh, enemy that comes on the screen has its own like power bar that you know like how much you know life they have until and then I like how you bust uh, the barrels apart and you get mutton is that mutton <laughs> if we, we, we run across mutton again or is that just the quintessential meat that they often show on cartoons it's just I like think the it's bone just, yeah. just running through it. I'd like to think it's mutton. Speaking of, uh, we do have a phone call from uh, dude Goose Poo that uh, talks about uh, not mutton. What was it we were talking about the other day? It was canned. Uh, some kind of canned. No, it wasn't. Corned beef kind of, hash? Yeah, corned beef hash. He's got a good call about corned beef hash later. Oh, man. I can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah. Just so, so, listener, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're thinking about hitting that button to stop this. <laughs> This is about the time you probably think about stopping the podcast, but you need to hang on, okay? We got some corned beef hash talk. Some hot corned beef hash talk. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, that, that's a. I mean, so the life bar thing is a is a bit of a modern. Well, I say modern, but it was it was a beyond NES feature kind of for because I guess River City Ransom did it too. But you mean leveling it, leveling bar? Well, the, the leveling bar and like the enemy health bar, because like if you look oh, at a lot of the, yeah, 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 a lot of the old NES beat 'em ups, like Double Dragon and stuff, you didn't have a enemy health bar. Um, yeah, but this game does, and but a lot of it, once you hit arcades and and the SNES and Genesis and stuff, 
uh, a lot of those games did have enemy health bars, but didn't really have that a whole lot back in the NES days. That's, yeah, that's, I think, that's pretty I feel like Final Fight was one of the first, like the arcade game was one of the first times I remember seeing that. So, I don't know. Maybe not, though. Um, but, like, talking about the uh, visuals and stuff, I feel like the characters look amazing, but I thought the actual background effects were pretty bland and boring and unimaginative. It's just like cityscape after cityscape. Very little in terms of, especially for like a game that's coming out in 93, like very little special effects, animation, anything like that in the background. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 kind of, I, I agree with that. It's nice and colorful, but it is kind of the same thing. It's just, it's been done. It's been done over uh, several games in the past that there's nothing unique about it. And like you said, there's no no animation aspect to it. So I I agree with that. Yeah, I think all the all the work went into the sprites for sure. The backgrounds are I appreciate the colors. They're very colorful, but they are kind of generic cityscape type stuff. Which... Yeah, I would say they're like good cityscapes. It's just like every level is the city which makes sense like you're cleaning up the city i guess it'd be weird if you're on the moon for like the last <laughs> something but i just kept expecting yeah. it to be like oh now we're moving on to something else and it's like oh no we're going back to the streets like we've cleaned up the factory now we're leaving the factory we're back on the streets again yeah it would have been nice to have a few more interior type shots you know hmm. like i know you get a little bit you get like the i guess it's like the mansion or whatever and like like you said, the factory, and there's like a a um, a wrestling ring, which is cool. <laughs> inside, the mansion. In, inside the mansion, I assume that's the mayor's it's, mansion, right? It's Hagar's uh, personal ring. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. The bad guys took over the mayor's house. That's hard. I guess they did. Yeah. So yeah, layers. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, there's there's a few things there, but I agree with you. The backgrounds are kind of are a little bit bland. The cutscene. You know that that stuff's really awesome, really pretty great. Um, yeah, the intro one, you mean? Yeah, the intro one. Yeah, like I don't know. I just like I just like Hagar's face. I think in the intro. <laughs> I was just and looking for that. That's basically all. That's basically all I'm talking about. But that's enough. <laughs> and that's pretty much all there is. There, well, there's like a couple shots, but like the first half of the opening cutscene, there's no pictures. Right. Like, I don't know. It's, I feel like they just ran out of time or something. I don't know if they ran out of time. Maybe they ran out of something. They ran out of something. And, the, you know, speaking to graphics and running out of space or something, there's a lot of flicker in this game. Like a, a whole lot of flicker. A lot. Every, pretty much every fight. Yeah. yeah. And it, it doesn't really slow down. At least I didn't experience a lot of slowdown. Maybe a little bit, but the flicker is pretty intense. Yeah. Which, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's kind of, that's a limitation of the NES, really, you know. Yeah, and I think it's part of those big sprites, like those big character sprites. Um, yeah, and and even then they limit it to two two enemies at a time, right? And they're still hitting those yeah limits. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty rough at times. And I think it's like when the, the enemies fall down, they end up being quite like horizontal, and that uses up a lot of your sprite sprite limits. Ah, okay, that makes or, sense. Like horizontal lines. That's where I noticed it anyway, but. I didn't, it didn't bug me too much. I feel like if it had the slowdown, like that usually accompanies that kind of thing, it would have bothered me. But this looks like they they kind of knew they were going to run out of sprites, but 
they could handle that number of characters on screen. So at least it's smooth. Yeah, I feel like they 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 must have kind of prepared for that in a way. You know what I mean? It's like they knew that the that they were going to reach that limitation, so that they they were able to kind of program around it and avoid this actual slowdown and maybe incorporate a little bit more flicker. Because I agree, it didn't really as far as breaking up the gameplay, it doesn't really bother me too much because that there wasn't it didn't slow down. It was just yeah, I think like in most games, when you hit flicker, it means you've kind of done something in the game they didn't expect and got more enemies on screen, right, than than they were expecting. Like you kind of just stood in one spot and let more enemies spawn. And so then you have a bunch of slowdown because it's having to update all those enemies. Whereas here, yeah, it's a fixed number. It's two enemies at a time plus the character. So they know exactly what's going to happen. So, yeah, it totally makes sense that there's no slowdown here. Yeah. All right, but uh, just overarchingly, I mean, as we're kind of before we move on to sound or music or anything, I just I think this game is it, the gameplay itself is pretty great. It's a little bit mm-hmm. a little bit on the generic side as far as beat 'em ups go. I didn't notice maybe I didn't play it long enough to get good at it, but I didn't notice a whole lot of unique special move type stuff. Maybe maybe it was just I didn't level up high enough, but. I like the the special moves you do, like when you get your con, you complete, you're able to complete your combo, and you do like a fiery uppercut, or, or I know you can throw like a, I know, it's almost like a, what is the Ryu move, the Hadouken or whatever, you kind of throw mm-hmm. one. Of, so yeah. th- there is a little bit of extra fluff in the game, but it's it's on par with most all the beat 'em ups that are on the NES. I would put it. I would kind of put it a peg or two down from, say, River City Ransom, which is probably the pinnacle of NES beat up. But uh, I, you know, in general, I think my opinion on it is pretty high. I had like yeah. the opposite. I thought it was pretty bad. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I put it near the bottom. Like I feel like Double Dragon One was more fun than this game. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Like, yeah, I mean, just so I mean. I, I, when I say it's a peg or two down from River City Ransom, I guess I mean like River City Ransom is nobody can see my hand signal, but it's like way up here. And then being a peg or two down kind of puts you like in the middle with all the other beat em ups. You know what yeah. I mean? So, but I don't know if I, I, don't, I don't know. I kind of disagree on putting it near the bottom, but like I'd put it above like, what was it, Renegade? Like really early stuff, but like this is 1993. Like um, Battletoads is out, Every Double Dragon's out. Tia, I mean, uh, the Ninja Turtles arcade games out. River City Ransom has been out for like four years. Like this to me is just. Like, yeah, I guess if you look at it from that aspect, you know, just trying to look at it from an as- an isolation of is this a fun game to play, I would say. Yeah, it's a fun game to play. Yeah. And I would put it in the middle tier, like Michael was saying. But you, you make a good point. I mean, I guess if you're comparing this to like Battletoads or, you know, Ninja Turtles arcade game then yeah this is way inferior yeah um and i feel like those games look better they play better there's you know all they're they're faster i mean all aspects of the game are are much better and if you're when you're comparing it to those yeah we skipped over like the biggest red flag for me i turned on the game and there's no like one or two player option and like yeah something's amiss right away yeah that is big that's a, a big hit. Yeah, beat em up that's single player. And I think Final Fight for Super Nintendo was the same thing. And yeah, for me, that's like 
that's a deal breaker right there for a beat em up. That's 90% of the fun. Cause it, it is like, they're all kind of just button mashers, but I don't that, know. That is a key point there. Of course, Double Dragon one was just single player too. Yeah. That's of course true. that was way early. That what was, was like 1985. Yeah. 86. Yeah. You know, way earlier. Yeah. But I, I would hold it against that as well. Like, that would be a lot fun. And I mean, Double Dragon 2 is um, more fun because of it, I think. But yeah, there's like lots of little things that seem weird to me. Like the, the weapon system, like there are only like two or three times in the whole game when you pick up a weapon compared to like a Double Dragon or River City Ransom where you're constantly picking up stuff. It adds like a bit of flavor to the game. And then when you pick up a weapon, if you get knocked down, it's instantly gone. Which is kind of a cool mechanic, I guess. But it's so it's used so sparingly that yeah like there's all this kind of dead time for me in terms of gameplay um that like could have been spiced up with stuff like that same with the uh like the elevator section is kind of cool because that's a mix-up where they actually have pits which this game has almost no like um environmental hazards right it's just Mm -hmm. it's basically just an empty plane in terms of game 99% 99% of the time. So they had pits on one level for a small section, and then they have the elevator where you can kick people off the edges, which was cool. But again, like really, really small um, amounts of that. And initially, I, the first time I played through, I like really didn't like it. I thought it was just total trash. I thought the leveling system was like the dumbest thing I've ever seen because it's not based on the difficulty of the enemy you defeat in terms of how much XP you get. Um, and initially I thought it was just one point for every enemy you kill. And then I was, I'm glad I did it. Cause the second time through, I read, uh, um, an FAQ on it and there's like this XP table and it's all basically based on how you finish an enemy. So if you do a regular punch finish, it's like one point. If you do a special finish, you can get up to eight points. And so you can level way quicker. Oh, that okay. so that's why I kind of got onto Hagar cause his, um, most like valuable finish is the uh flying pile driver like yeah. the um sangeef kind of thing so that one's actually fun to do whereas for cody and uh guy you have to do like like dragon uppercut and stuff like that which is a lot harder to actually time to finish someone whereas the uh the pile driver like you're just doing it constantly and it does so much damage so but anyway i'm kind of dump- dunking on it a little bit but well, I think I think a lot of I'm I'm probably giving it too much credit for taking a game that was made for such uh, for such more intricate hardware and dumbing it down really well to the NES. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I probably am giving it too much credit for doing that. Once you started bringing up the point, once you started naming off all these other beat 'em ups on on the NES that I just totally forgot about for some reason. Uh, that's a good point. There's, there's, maybe it's not even in the middle. Maybe it's just slightly below the middle. Uh, but I don't know. It's, it's fun to play. It's just there are better, better beat 'em ups out there. Yeah, sure. and the I'm thing is, like, the thing I liked about it too was it's actually completable, like by a normal person. It's like so many NES games are just un, like unbeat, like Battletoads. I would put in that. Yeah, for me anyway. Like it's just. It's ridiculous. Whereas this one, I actually, the first time through, I think I made it to like the second last boss just on my first playthrough. And it was like, okay, this feels like a, a modern game in that sense. Um, so that I appreciated. It kind of has a bit more modern sensibility there. Um, 
but yeah, and the bosses, I thought the bosses were super weak in terms of the gameplay. They're pretty, yeah. I mean, it is a beat em up, so like I can't maybe Battletoads has like some decent bosses, but there aren't many that have memorable boss fights. But. Right, but you need a good like you need like a good pattern to fight against. And most of the bosses in this game had either like a really weird pattern that didn't make a lot of sense, <laughs> yeah. or it was like they did two things. You know what I mean? It was like maybe they did one thing and then they did another thing and then they just repeat the repeated that like I think. I can't remember which one is. Maybe it's the first boss where he just either does like a flaily punch thing or he jumps. Yeah, and it's yeah. the only two things he does. And uh, I can't remember. Maybe it's the the boss you fight in the wrestling ring. I just, I never could figure out what he was doing. Like it just that guy who kisses you, right? Yeah. yeah that it, Abigail. His name's <laughs> Abigail, first of all. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's the, my daughter's name, by the way. Shout out to Abigail. If she's oh, listening. nice. <laughs> Hello, Abigail, if you're listening. <laughs> Um, or if you turned it off before now, completely understand. Um, just Matt, just make sure she knows about the corned beef hash talk later. Like, yeah, that'd keep her in. That'd keep her in. But no, um, I kind of kind of lost my train of thought. Oh, I, what I I think is funny is um, um, the first Thrasher, the first boss asks you to bow down to him and you actually have the option to do so you say yes and he does yes, it. i don't no. believe you <laughs> but if you say no it does damage to him oh really yeah and then a later guy asks does it you hurt it hurts thirsty. his ego yeah i guess a later guy asks you if you're thirsty which is weird like <laughs> no, i haven't met a lot of like gangs who ask that but Need a drink um, before we get started? And if you say yes, it replenishes all your health. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of cool. It was a nice touch. I, I, those, those little things are pretty that, – that's cool. I like this. Yeah. Another, like, super minor thing, is, which is from the arcade game, how some of the enemies are, like, sitting on benches and stuff in the background when you, like, first come on the screen and they actually stand up and walk over. So it's, like, super minor, but it makes it feel a little, like, more alive and real rather than everyone just standing around and yeah. kind of idle fight poses. I think um, I think a lot of what I, I guess a lot of what holds this game back as well as makes it makes it interesting to me is the fact that it, it, they try to copy the arcade game so much. And the arcade game Final Flight, if you go back and try to play it these days, it is very basic. It's not there's not a lot to that game either. So it's kind of like uh, the fact that they're totally imitating that game may have hindered them a little bit. And, yeah, I think so too. Because I was th- like, I did go back and play it, and I think like the things that made that game so special were the huge enemies, which they kind of like. I think they did as best they could on the NES, but then it also has tons of enemies all the time, which this game can't really do. To me, it had like super memorable boss fights from when I was a kid. Like I remember the corrupt cop showing up like in the like Vegas area. I don't know what that was, but like for some reason that sticks in my mind. Or the wrestlers. Um, the two like Andre the Giant guys. There's the samurai who's in this, but in the arcade game when you fight him, he actually drops his swords, and then you can actually like yeah. can't really damage him when he's holding the swords. But once he drops them, you pick them up and start hitting them with them, like stuff like that, which I think they totally missed on this. And in the original, there was just like weapons everywhere, like right. uh, cans and I can't remember like broken glass knives. Um, there's a lot of the environment was very destructible yeah exactly it felt so dynamic which this game felt so static to me compared to that which like i get it there's like pretty limited hardware but i don't know like 
I just, yeah, I keep thinking of River City Ransom. Maybe it's not fair, but there's just like that had that to me where I was picking up garbage cans. And, um, but yeah, I think you're right. Like when you do look at the original Final Fight, it's very flat, there's no verticality to it. It's actually quite a tight, um, visible area as well. Like when you go back, it's almost like a, like the characters take up half the screen. It's, it's very zoomed in. Yeah, it feels like uh, claustrophobic almost. So, yeah, it's it's not like the perfect beat 'em up by any stretch. But, yeah. right. well, what did you guys think about the the music in the game and sound effects stuff? I mean, it's Capcom. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the music is probably the best part, really, to be honest. I I like the music. It was good. Yeah. Like I said, I, and it's it's kind of hard to say any more than that about it. I mean, there's nothing that really stands out as like a distinctive track or anything to me, but it's just a good Capcom score, you know? Yeah, it's not like Mega Man level or anything, but I wonder too, like, I don't know if they were trying, like, mimicking the arcade soundtrack. I didn't actually, excuse me, check that out. But yeah, I thought it was like, it was okay. It didn't get annoying. It was, was kind of like, yeah, it was good background music. Yeah, sure. it's when, one of those. Um, Justin, our our scale tends to be. Uh, does it break the game? No. <laughs> Would you listen to it in your car? No. No. Yeah, right. So it's kind of like it's one of those. It's just, just it's good while you're playing the game. Not something I'm going to be trying to listen to outside of the game. But it, it's good. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. So, Justin, how much does this game go for? We gotta, oh gosh, we got to determine if it's worth it or not. Well, I guess it depends. I mean, and how how much you want um, in regards to like, do you want it sealed and then copy? Because that's going to cost you about. I mean, you could get a nice car for what that would cost <laughs> you. Uh, but looking like, how about around, if I just want it loose? Around two hundred fifty bucks. Wow. Yeah, it's not worth it. For that. Why is this game so expensive? It's late in lifespan of the yeah, NES. I guess it didn't make a it's lot. Kind of, it's kind of rare. Yeah. And it looks awesome, right? When you look at screenshots of this game, it looks like unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks like a game you would really want to play, you know? Yeah. And it's, there's not a whole lot of copies and, you know, jokes on them. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's totally not worth it, unfortunately, though. I, I, I will definitely say that it is, there's so many better, uh, NES games and even so many better beat 'em up games on the NES that you can get for. Think of how many game. Think of how many games you get for two hundred fifty dollars if you were doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like when we come across a game like this, though, that's outrageously expensive and is a mediocre at best game, it's not fair to the game, you know, to like say, is it worth it? Because there's very few games I'm going to pay two hundred fifty dollars. That's for, true. You know. <laughs> Um, if is, it, is it worth it to just play it? Like if you wanted to demo mode it, you know, and just try it out, then yeah, I would say play it. I think it's 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 worth a play through, you know, mm-hmm. just to try it sure. out. Just because, it, I mean, it, it does look really cool. It's it's a neat concept of a style compared to the the original Final Fight on the arcade. So I think it's totally worth playing it. It's worth your time. An hour or two, or whatever it takes to play through it, but I wouldn't. Pay, I wouldn't pay that money for the cartridge. Sure, that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. 
Yeah, unless, unless Matt Matt wants to uh, convince me otherwise, like he did. Earlier. Well, I was just thinking, like I as I said, I own the game. I probably should have like not toned it down a little bit when I was like crapping all over it to keep the prices up. Keep the price up. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Actually, this <laughs> yeah. game is the most unbelievable game you'll ever play. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's worth playing for sure. Like I was thinking about it too. It's basically like a modern, like as we call it today, like a D make, right? Where people take like something modern and take it to an older system. They're basically doing that, but like on a professional level, which yeah. is pretty cool. It's like a nice, um, yeah, just like a historical thing to see what is this game. I, I wish there was more info on like how it was made and why it was made. It does seem super bizarre that they even bothered. Because I think like this is year. I think it came out years after Final Fight on the Super Nintendo. I think it did, yeah. Two years later or something. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure this came out in what '94, and then um, I think Final Fight on the Super Nintendo was like '92. Yeah, so it's like two two years difference. Yeah, and Final Fight Two I have is the same year this came out on Super Nintendo. Maybe they did it as a just kind of enticing people to play Final Fight Two. Yeah, know. I imagined it was some like interns or co-ops or something that yeah a big game or something this was a warm-up something like that i don't know but, it could be it could be but yeah you're right it does it does feel like a deal like it it seems like it could be a homebrew that's a uh, for yeah. final fight just to get see if they could get final fight on the nes you know yeah yeah exactly but it's it's legit so that's that's kind of neat all right, Justin, you got any retro-fitted trophies? I know we got some from the listeners. Yeah, we've got a couple from the listeners. Um, I honestly didn't didn't have any retro-fitted trophies for this game. That's okay. That's okay. We also got to make fun of. We got to make sure we make fun of Aaron Hickman while we're right on the, on the subject. So this seems like the kind of game that if it was on a 360 it would have like really easy achievements yeah uh, just... like beat beat the game with cody beat the game with yeah yeah. Uh, yeah exactly yeah you reach level two with cody or what you know yeah so the, that's uh okay there you go that's my first achievement super cody max level cody yeah. How about I'm not your buddy? I'm not your buddy guy. Beat the game with guy. There you go. I like that. <laughs> All right. There's uh, got to be. There's got to be an achievement in there, or a trophy in there somewhere for uh, Abigail. You know, I just can't think of it. <laughs> Kissing you, trying to just trying to kiss you, <laughs> giving you some smidgen. But there's not a whole lot of uh, retrofitted trophies from the from the community. Uh, Gabe Bang, honestly, this one's kind of hard to come up with trophies for. Yeah. I, I mean, th- I feel like there's a lot of easy ones, but because the level beat the level, beat the character, beat the boss, whatever. But there's not a lot of good Unique. names yeah. that you can come up with something clever for. At least not for me. I tried, but I failed pretty much. Well, Andrew Zeismer has a pretty good one. Don't forget me, beat the game with Guy, since they left him out of the SNES version of Final Fight until the release of Final Fight Guy. It makes sense. That is a good one. And then Gabe Van Gilder just said, dude, I need to play this game. I don't think that's a trophy. (laughs) No, that's a trophy. (laughs) Dude, I need to play this game. You achieve it by playing the game. Yeah. 
That's right. All right. <clears throat> Y'all got any more? No. Um, how, should, nah. how should we rate yeah. this game? That's a good question. Mm. I would say... No, that's not a good one. Just just spit, spit it out there. It might be a good one. I was going to say 80s action movie, but nah. I think we've done that one before, actually. Yeah. Uh, mm, this is a good pod right here. How about type of vegetable? How about type of canned vegetable? Let's get a little specific. All right, canned vegetable. I only know one. I can only think of one canned vegetable. All right, that's probably canned vegetable. Uh, Okay, so canned potatoes, which kind of works. It's a bit of a potato. Yeah, Yeah. this game's a bit of a potato. It's kind of bland. The picture on the outside maybe looks good and delicious, but actually, I like canned potatoes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This doesn't work. But I'm I'm going with canned potatoes. I'm going to go with canned corn. Because it's basically nothing. Like, yeah. corn's low nutrition value. Bright. It's just, Color. there's not much taste to it. Yeah. Same, it looks the same going as it does coming out. And, but yet, <laughs> if there's corn available, I'm probably going to eat it. Yeah. So, that's this game. Ah, uh, okay. It's a good point. Good point. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with green beans. Yeah? Yeah. Because they're kind of like... They're like that vegetable that uh, they're pretty good. I mean, really good if you if they're made the right way. Mm-hmm. But when you put them in a can, they're just kind of like, eh, I mean, I guess I'll put them on my plate. And they're okay. But so it's kind of like this game looks. I mean, this game could have been amazing had the right cook made them. But instead, somebody just shoved them in a can, and uh, so you get the generic. Beat him up. Okay. Instead. All right. All right. All right. So what we do? What we got? Feedback. Feedback. Yeah. I'm trying to feedback. brush us to get to that can that cash. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. All right. So on Facebook, we got some feedback on the Big Brothers Retro Gaming Community site. Derek Green starts us out with, "Whoa! I didn't even know about this one." Nathan Sweeney says, love this game. Sold it about eight years ago before I was trying to complete my licensed NES collection and just got it back in my collection again three months ago. I've been playing it every day to make up for lost time. Wow, big fan. Big (laughs) fan. Bringing endorsement. Every day for three months. Wow. Uh, Joe Copel says, I love this game. I got it when it was new and had it till I traded in all my original NES stuff to get a Sega Saturn. What's that Sega Saturn worth nowadays, Joe? <laughs> yeah, how's that feel? <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys hating on your listeners? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, Joe, Joe knows it's all in good fun. <laughs> All right, Jesse Benson says, uh, such a fun game and quite impressive for the NES graphics-wise. I was happy to recently add a copy to my collection, completing the Capcom subset, and he showed a picture of the game. 
Joshua Tice says, such a good game, and Little League Baseball is great as well. Is he, talking about, is he talking about the game Little League Baseball, or just like... He just likes Little League just, Baseball. He just likes Little League Baseball in general? Okay. Um, I'm just kidding. He's talking about the game, because we were supposed to have already released that episode. All right, Tangent, Oops. I got to tell this funny story. So I was, uh, I, you know, going through this interview process right now for a fellowship, and uh, I was at an, on an interview last week, and... Um, one of the, the program like coordinator was like just kind of killing time with me. It was like, so, you know, what do you like to do? And I was like, well, mostly uh, I spend most of my time just chasing around three little girls. <laughs> and I was like, I have three daughters. Just, just, just to clarify that. <laughs> uh, that's funny. But uh, yeah. So you didn't get that job. <laughs> But anyway, Timmy Mack says, uh, solid beat-em-up. A bit of flicker, but plays well. If you're a fan of the final fight, check it out. And Mike Hall uh, finishes this out with Pricey, if I'm not mistaken. So really ringing endorsements from listeners all around. Yeah. There is. Of course, if you take our, if you look at our listeners, uh, they're all very forgiving of the NES. So, yes, that's, that's mo- true. Most of them, you know, most of them love the NES and hate the Genesis for some reason. I'm not sure why. Speaking of the Genesis hate, there was a picture. I do want to comment on this because I thought it was pretty funny. Um, Daniel Walker put up a picture of like a 24 pack of AA batteries. And he says, great news, guys. I can play my game gear for a couple of hours now. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't, we didn't actually make fun of Aaron Hickman because he went back and deleted his comment. Oh. I guess out of, just out of embarrassment. But he, he commented that he something about liking this game or just commented about the game in the achievements thread. And so we were totally going to make fun of Aaron, but um, I guess I guess we won't now. We'll save that for next time. Well, actually, a little egg on your face, I guess. Uh, for that was on Little League Baseball feedback. Oh, he did that, not this okay. game. But so, anyway, egg on my we face. Still are well, going means, to make fun of him. Means we still get to make fun of him. I don't, I don't have to worry about it then. Right. Sweet. Just on another episode. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. All right. Uh, uh, just so you know, Matt, Aaron is actually a co-host of one of the shows that's in our network. So we're making fun of him a little bit harder if we don't actually hate Aaron too much. Too much. <laughs> no. All right. We got some. Vo- we got three voicemails. If you guys want to hang oh, loose, I like it. Uh, one of which is corn corn beef hash. Don't remember how to play the voicemail. Oh, this is embarrassing. Great pod. <laughs> Great pod. <laughs> Matt left. Yeah, Matt was just like, <laughs> I'm done with these guys. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Is that right. new iPhone 12 you're trying to figure out how to work it? I ain't got it yet. It's coming next week. Hey, dudes. This is Dude Goosey. I heard you talking about corned beef hash, and I swear I thought my wife put you up to it. I love corned beef hash. It's my favorite breakfast food. And the funny thing is, you were talking about eating it straight out of the can. So, like, if you go to some of the more ritzy places or the, uh, I guess the hipster places where they say they have corned beef hash and they also have, like, have, like, fresh corned beef or corned beef sandwiches, you don't want to get it there because that's going to be, like, huge potatoes and a tiny amount of meat and it's, you're going to be disappointed. You do want it out of the can, absolutely. It's, okay. But the tricky part is there are some in the can that are basically dog food and then there are others that are good. And I'm trying to track down and sort through which flavors are good and which flavors are bad. Um, because I can definitely tell you, yeah, I can understand why people say they don't like it. Because if you get a bad one under the can, it's like eating duck. If you get the good one under the can, it's like the best breakfast food ever. So I'll let you know once I track down and figure out which ones are the good ones and uh, which ones aren't. Uh, the search will continue. But once I find it, you're gonna have to try the good stuff. All right, dude, goose poop out. Okay. Well, good. We got uh, dude, goose poop is on the trail. He's uh, he's gonna find out which canned corned beef hash is the one to eat. <laughs> <laughs> the great assignment. <laughs> uh, actually, I think we should uh, have a we. You know, every podcast we should do an update. Go, an update <laughs> on corned beef hashes. What's good or bad? This week's corned beef hash update brought to you by Dude Goose Poo. Right, hold on. Here's, I think he, he calls back, so maybe we've already got the update. Hey, dudes, it's Dude Goose Poop again. I had to call back. Um, so I'm calling back because you were mentioning Donkey Kong Country, and you're playing it on the Switch on the Nintendo Online service, and you're saying you swear that you used to be better at it, and as soon as you said that, my, my mind immediately went to the minecart level. And then Justin went on to mention that as well. So uh, I'm willing to bet that the reason that you're struggling so much is lag with uh, your controller and or your display. Guarantee you, if you fire up a Super Nintendo and an old school TV, you will be playing much better. And it's uh, because of the input and uh, display lag. So uh, if you're going to play it on Switch... You can try two things. Uh, number one, try playing on the handheld only and see if it's any better. You'll probably have less latency on that display um, on, on the unit itself if you're not already playing it. If you're already playing it on the handheld, uh, maybe you just think at it, or, uh, or maybe uh, there is a lag, uh, even with the emulation. Um, but it, it, that's probably most likely what it is. You're probably not that bad. Just kidding, man. Um, if you're playing it on a TV, uh, at the very least, set your TV to game mode and see if that makes a difference. I'm really curious to see if, if uh, either one of those help you. And if you have it on the Super Nintendo, uh, I would love to hear your experience if you tried that and if it got better. All right, man. Well, I'll catch you guys later. Let me know how. All right. I'll, um, challenge. I'll show yeah. you how bad I am at this game. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll give it a whirl. I like how he was like super, super helpful. 
for 90 yeah. percent of and then just like dropped in like oh and you're trash at this game <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's Actually, either all of these these 15 things i mentioned you could try but you probably you'd probably just suck yeah all right, we got one more voicemail. I think this one may actually be about Mighty Final Fight. Dude, what up? What's up? It's Jay-Z NES back again. Uh, I see you're playing some Mighty Final Fight, which is a, a great game uh, for the NES there. It's a little bit expensive, but um, still, it's still a great... Uh, uh, I can't say the G word, so I'm not going to say it. But uh, it's a great, underrated, uh, classic game on the uh, NES there. A good, good beat-em-up sort of game. Uh, you know, Capcom, uh, good, you know, they, they make lots of great games. I mean, they you know, always have uh, winners, you know, Mickey Mouse Capades and whatnot. But uh, for the most part, their, their whole catalog on the NES there was, was pretty great. Uh, you know, obviously the Mega Man games and the whole bunch of stuff that Capcom obviously did on the NES there. But... Uh, Mighty Final Fight, pretty great game. Uh, one of those that I I like playing a lot. Uh, I've played it in in a, maybe a few years, um, but I remember it being pretty good. I could I could never get like the full way through the game. I, I always remember getting like maybe like halfway through the game and then just kind of I think there was like a live system or something, so I always ran out of lives and just kind of gave up. But but it was a fun game uh, for when I was playing it. Definitely like. A really impressive game uh, for the NES there. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And uh, until next time, then JZ NES, then keep it classic, and I'll see you guys in the next one. All right. Thanks, JZ. All right. So, a couple things. Uh, Justin, we need to make sure that uh, Dude Goose Poop gets us an update on the corned beef hash. Right. By next episode, and um, and I guess we got to play. We got to get break out the SNES, get out of the out of the closet, and play Donkey Kong Country on the SNES to prove to Josh that we really are terrible at the game, because right. he thinks that we're not. He thinks it's I just truly have lost a step. Right. Yeah. Right. I need to. I need to. I need to earn my old man cred and and lose my hand eye coordination, <laughs> like a like a true thirty five year old. Right. So, all right, that's it. That's the show. Um, one more time, Google or not Google, DuckDuckGo from below <laughs> NES, uh, and check it out and get on that mailing list. That way, uh, you can find out what's happening with the physical release of the game and go play it. It is it is fun, and if, if especially if you're a, who's not a Tetris fan, right? And it and it is like a. It feels more modern than the Tetris on the NES because Matt has done a lot of good modernization stuff to it. So, thank you. Um, and uh, anything else you want to say, Matt? Any other shout-outs? Um, I should shout out to my other daughter, Ellie, because I gave one shout out to Abby. So, Abby nice. and Ellie both love you equally. <laughs> 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 Hopefully they made it this far. Yeah. Well, they probably turned off right after the corn beach hat. <laughs> I, you know, it's really corn beach. Can't, there can't be any good corn beach hash, right? Oh, I guess we'll find out. Sorry, we're gonna find out. All right. All right. I'll make a promise. 
with the ones that he recommends are good, I'll give them a try. Okay. Yeah. I I'll make a promise. If the ones that he recommends are good, I will try them on the show. Which Ooh. means I'll be eating corned beef hash at like midnight our time. <laughs> Uh, so, Josh, please don't recommend too many. <laughs> or, otherwise, I may not be able to get any good sleep at night. And my wife <laughs> may hate me. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So, shout out to the Bit Brothers Network. That's us. So, you can listen to all our other good shows, which are mostly on hiatus. But there's at least the Genesis Gems. Uh, they're, they're still going strong-ish. If they ever were strong. Uh, and then there's us, two dudes and S. Shout out to the Wee Dude for the music. Yeah, does his awesome stereoized NES tunes. Uh, he's no, uh, he changed his name. I, I'll look that up whenever you're shouting the other stuff out, Justin. And uh, shout out to the Fox Dude for the logo. He used to All be right. Wee Guy on, on YouTube, but he's not Wee Guy anymore. I'll look it up. Hold on. You can find us. On social media, mainly Facebook, uh, with the Bit Brothers Retro Gaming Community, uh, there's you can go there. That's where we get all of our feedback, retrofitted trophies for games that we're playing, and things of that nature. Um, and then you can always call us, which is our favorite way to hear from you. And that number is. Uh, that number is seven seven five seven retro one, or seven seven five seven seven three eighty seven sixty one. If you like numbers, and please, yeah, give us a call. Let us know. Is there a canned meat that you would like us to try? Well, <laughs> just call us up. Let us know. We'll try it. Uh, and uh, that is he's he now goes by Nico's Eight Bit Stereo on YouTube. So if you want to hear any. Any NES tune turned to stereo, which some say some say it's blasphemy, some say it sounds awesome, and I think it sounds awesome. So if you want to hear any of those tunes, go check out Nico's 8-Bit Stereo on YouTube. And that's it. So thanks for joining us, Matt. I, I really do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks, thanks for sharing. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, so here's the music for the next game, and we'll catch you guys next time.